I'd be afraid to know that I served a God that I couldn't feel. You might end up losing something and not knowing it. Huh? <laughs> Thank God for Jesus today. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17 in the Word of God. I appreciate good testimony, the good songs of Zion. Prayers being answered already, I believe, around this altar today. Thank God for moving him in our presence. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 in the Word of God. Let's stand together for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message this morning. Verse 14 of Matthew chapter 17 says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire, and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. And said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I want to preach on two words there in verse 21. This kind. This kind. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for what we've experienced so far in your house. I thank you, Lord, for the good testimonies. Lord, these precious souls that laid on the altar this morning already. God, it's come a time in the service that we must deliver the word. And God, I pray that you'd speak through these lips of clay this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me from the top of the head of the soles of my feet to where I may preach your word. God, I pray that we'd leave your house today knowing that, Lord, if we do have faith as a grain of mustard seed and bring it before thee, asking and believing, we shall receive and receive the desires of our heart. Father, I pray that you'll help us to preach your word, preach through me today. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask and pray. Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Here in Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse number 14, I see a sad situation. You've got a concerned dad with his son who is considered to be a lunatic. Uh, they're saying that he was vexed with the devil. Uh, he was often throwing himself into the fire and falling into the water. Uh, but this man is seeking out a cure. 
for his son. I believe if you've got a child, you'll know how this man felt. He's trying to get his child to the doctor. But not only the doctor, but he's trying to get him to the great physician because he's done got word that the great physician can take care of him. But look at the way that he came to Jesus. There in verse 14 and 15, you see his posture. He came kneeling down before God. Folks, if you want to get a prayer answer today, you might want to start down on your knees, kneeling before the God of heaven. And not only his posture, but I see the pronouncement. You see, he didn't call upon Buddha because Buddha couldn't help him. He couldn't call upon uh, Muhammad because Muhammad couldn't help him. He didn't call upon his mom or daddy because his mom or daddy couldn't help him. But he called on the Lord of glory to give him help. He had already called upon the disciples and even the disciples couldn't get him help. But he called upon the Lord. I see his posture. I see his pronouncement. But I see his plea. He says, have mercy on my son. Oh boy, I tell you what, there'll be a time in your life when you bow down before God and say, Lord, please have mercy on me. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon my family. Have mercy upon my son. But there we see a concluding statement in verse number 16. The fact was that he's done brought them to the disciples and the failure of that was this. They could not cure him. But I see a sufficient Savior. As we're coming into verses 17 and 18. The message that he proclaims in verse 17 is there's a problem. And he states what that problem is. And as he looks out across that congregation, if you would. Or look across that body of people. He said, you're a perverse generation. He said, you're a faithless people. Now he was talking to those... uh, uh, scribes there that were in his presence. He wasn't actually presenting that message directly to the disciples who were also present. He was looking at the crowd as a whole and saying, you're faithless and you're perverse. Uh, we know what faithless means, having no faith. But that word perverse means uh, they're twisted. Uh, they're twisted out of shape. But then he showed them some pity here and he's trying to and he says, how long shall I suffer you? In other words, Jesus is saying, I've taught you, I've prayed for you, I've showed you direction. How long is it going to take for me to hang around here? I'm not going to be around here long. For you to learn and for you to know that you got to have faith and that you got to follow faith. Then, of course, we see His miracle in verse number 18 as He performs it. And the, the devil is removed from this young boy's life. I see the sad situation and I see the sufficient Savior and then I see the seeking servants. If you'll look in verse 19 through 21, those disciples are really confused. They're going toward Jesus and they go to Him away. They go to Him separately, not in the crowd. They go to Jesus separately and they try to, they bring Jesus over and they say, Lord, why couldn't we cast out those devils? Now remember earlier in these verses we said that Jesus was rebuking the whole crowd. You're faithless. You're perverse. But now he's getting ready to answer the question that the disciples are asking. They're asking, why couldn't we cast those devils out? That was the request. But the reason was described in verse 20. He said, because of your unbelief. 
And he says, and he goes on, he says, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto the mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Asking of the heavenly Father is prayer, but abstaining of the earthly is the fasting. Fasting is doing without the physical in order to obtain the spiritual. And I want us to look at these two words this morning. And I want to magnify them just a little bit for you as we preach. And with the Holy Ghost being our helper, these two words, this kind. Now think about this kind of a day. This kind of a day, we've never lived in a day. Like this kind. As we're nearing the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we're the end of the church age. The battle with Satan is raging. That battle is rigorous. And that battle is very rigid. It has never been this kind of day of before. For the preachers of the gospel. I received a text message yesterday morning from a pastor. He said preacher please pray for me. I've never been more dry. I've never been more discouraged in the ministry in my life. I am sincerely seeking the face of God. So I will know what to do. I appreciate your friendship. And I appreciate uh, your prayers. Uh, My friend, that right there makes it a sad kind of day. Uh, It's never been this kind of day uh, for the preachers of the gospel. Uh, She just gave that testimony this morning. I heard it uh, myself this past Thursday. That man that was called to preach uh, had already turned his back on God. uh, But my friend, they found him hanging from a tree in the state of Kentucky. I'm here to tell you, I've never seen this kind of day uh, for the preachers of the gospel. My friends we preach and we study and we prepare but it's still like the people who want to run a different direction. We try to gather the flock in. Try to corral them in like the word of God says but this world has got such a pull and such an attraction to them that it seems to be more attractive than the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you'll put in the picture of your mind this morning you'll find nothing more beautiful and nothing more better Nothing at all, my friend, if you'll just look toward the face of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who saved us from the devil's hell. I'm here to tell you, we live in dark days. I've never seen this kind of day for preachers of the gospel. But I'm here to tell you, we're not going to be here long. Jesus is going to come get us soon. Amen. Never seen this kind of day for preachers of the gospel. I've never... Seen this kind of day for the people of God. In this kind of day, comfortable, complacent, casual, cold Christianity is not going to get the job done. It's not going to get it done. That's what's happening in our churches today. People are getting very comfortable. They're getting very complacent. They're getting casual. They're getting cold. They come into a point where it's become just a routine. Uh, Friends, I'm here to tell you, it's not a routine. It's all about serving the true and living God this morning. That's what it's all about. It's not, oh, I've got to get up and go to church in the morning. Or, oh, I've got to get up and go to church tonight. It's about serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
But my friend, I've never seen a day like it is today. This kind of day for the people of God. This kind of day calls for a committed people. This kind of day calls for a consecrated people. This kind of day calls for continual Christianity in the life of an individual. And folks, we don't see much commitment today. If you'll get yourself committed to God, you'll become consecrated to God. And you'll continue in your walk with Christ. And we won't have to worry on Sunday morning or whether or not you're in church or not. Or whether or not you're praying by your bed at night. Or whether you're studying your Sunday school lesson. Hey, we're looking for some committed people under God. I'm not saying committed to church. Point. I'm not saying be committed unto the pastor. I'm saying be committed unto the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And everything else will fall in place. There's got to be a commitment. There's got to be a consecration. There's got to be a continual Christianity in your life. Folks, there's so many people that live like the world that claim that they're in church and they're not... They're not listen, you, you, they're so confused, you don't know what to believe. And when you look at them, the world has become so churchy and the church has become so worldly. God help us not to become to, to a point and place in time at Turning Point Church that we all look like the world and that we act like the world. We ought to be godly people. We're representing a country. We're just sojourners. We're just pilgrims passing through of this temporary land for I'm going to a home that's far beyond the skies whose builder and maker is God. And my friend, when we get to that city, hallelujah, everything's going to be alright. We're going to have a hallelujah spell. Some of you that may have never cut a jig before may have to cut a jig. Some of you that have never shouted before, you may raise your hands toward God and say hallelujah. But I got news for you. Hey, listen, if you think you're going to do that over there, why can't you do it down here? Amen. Hallelujah. Give Him praise and glory. I tell you what, that's not a burden to me. That's not a burden to Brother Joe sitting down there. Amen. I think he likes it. Hallelujah. This kind of a day. Oh, but look at this kind of darkness. Never seen this kind of darkness. The enemy is tempting to overcome the light with a powerful, piercing and penetrating darkness. We're no match for the darkness. That is after our family. That's after our friends. That's after our fellowship. And even after our faith in Christ. And our faithfulness to Christ. This kind of darkness is not overcome. Except by prayer and fasting. I'd hate to see the show of hands this morning. Of knowing... If, you've pra- if, you, if you have fasted any in the last 10 years. Have you ever fasted? Have you ever fasted at all? Have you ever fasted and prayed? Listen, I tell you, when you want to get a prayer through, you'll fast and you'll pray. Oh, it may hit personal. It may hit right at home. Uh, You may need that job. Uh, You may need that baby being healed. Uh, You may need that child to get out of this world. Uh, And that will drive you to your knees in prayer. Uh, You'll fall down before God on your face. Uh, You'll ask God to help you. Uh, You'll get up and you'll say, Lord, I'm going to fast unto Thee. I'm going to fast and deprive my body of that which is good. But my Lord, I'm wanting to get this prayer 
answered. And I'm going to do it to glorify you, my Father which is in heaven. And my friend, you'll go to an altar of prayer. You'll pray. You'll fast a week or two, whatever it may be, until God answers that prayer. There's nothing wrong with fasting. Preacher Jimmy Almond went on a fast one time. I thought he was going to die. Jimmy was a diabetic and he fasted, I know, some 21 days. I, he may have went longer than that. A diabetic. You know what happens when a diabetic don't eat? He could die. But that man of God got down and began to pray. I never did get into the conversation of what he was praying about. But I was just asked at one time to please talk to him and tell him to quit. And I was like, Lord, how do I go talk to a man and tell him to quit fasting? How do you do that, Sister Lucy? How do you, how do you tell a man of God that he's got to eat? He can't continue to fast because of his health condition. He had done went some 21 days and was looking bad and had nothing but water for 21 days. And I don't know how he'd done it. Yeah, I know how he'd done it. God's hand was upon him. Amen. Amen. We need to take time to give up those things in life. Coming up toward, you want to have a good revival meeting? You get along with God and you start giving up some stuff for the sake of revival. Amen. Amen. Which I know a lot of you, that's going to be hard to do because you can't even give up Wednesday night uh, ball game to come to the house of God. Hey! Hello! Some of us can't even give up a, a, a Wednesday night date with Survivor to come to the house of God. So what are you doing, preacher? I'm asking you to fast. Not giving up the things you should be giving up already, but giving up the things that you partake of that you enjoy. Not talking to you. That baby's got to eat. Amen. I'm not talking about doing something silly and outlandish. I'm saying we need to fast. Uh, pick something out in your life that you enjoy and completely fast away from it. Uh, you get along with God between you and God alone uh, and you tell God about it uh, and you let God know that you're going to be fasting and you're going to be praying for revival meeting. Pray that the Holy Spirit of God will roam free in this place. Uh, uh, pray that souls will be saved of the week of revival. Pray that God would send revival our way. Pray and fast. To some people, some people just give up small things. Then some people give it all. They give it all. Folks, to defeat the darkness that's in it in this land, we're going to have to overcome it by prayer and fasting. I've never seen this kind of darkness. I've never seen this kind of deception. The desire of the enemy, for my friends, is to deceive you this morning. He attempts to get you so busy and distracted from our relationship and responsibilities toward God. We get so busy with things uh, uh, that are not necessarily bad things, but they keep us from the best things, which is growing in faith, uh, uh, growing in prayer, uh, uh, growing in fasting, and the power of God in our life. Folks, this kind of deception is not overcome except we do pray and fast. Deception. And I asked the gentleman, I said, what draws you to that church? And he said, well, it's just laid back, it's relaxed. And he said, if I want to dress up, I can dress up. And if I don't want to dress up, I don't have to dress up. 
And uh, we go in there and they have a leader and, and the guy comes on the big screen from the main church and he preaches to us and, and it's pretty much come as you are, come as you go. And, and, and he said, I, I really do enjoy it. He said, because I fell away from God when I was over in Afghanistan. Actually, before I went to Afghanistan, I fell away from God. But when I came back, I got invited to go there and I went there and this is where I like to go. Well, folks, let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart... That boy's heart may have been right with God. That's what, not what I'm questioning. But there's a lot of deception goes in uh, when you have a band that plays rock and roll music uh, uh, from the main stage uh, of the church, uh, folks, and using the words uh, of the of the hellish uh, rock and roll words that's used out in this world. See, that's deception. And we, as church-going people, we're called out to be separated. We're called out to be separate people. And folks, we need to show the world that we're our separate people. We're not part of the world. We have to live in the world. But thank God we don't have to be part of the world. Listen, they was just ungodly. You know what? If I was a lost man and I wanted to go to church, I'd want to go to a church like that. I have no accountability. Nobody knows me. That's where I want to go. Sure, nobody cares if I go out and drink a toddy for the body every once in a while. How are they going to know? How's that preacher going to know? He's preaching from down in, in down toward the Georgia state line somewhere. Well, how's he going to know what I do? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Deception. When, when, when a preacher can stand behind the podium and say it's all right to cuss... When a preacher stands behind the podium and says it's all right to get you a 12-pack on the way home tonight, it's deception. Deception. Now listen, if I was still lost and in this world and somebody was ragging me about going to church, that's where I'd want to go. I'd want to go to one of those places. But boy, once you get infiltrated with the truth uh, and once you receive the Holy Ghost of God deep in your soul by the way of salvation, uh, I'm here to tell you, you'll know the difference. Kind of deception. That gives you this kind of dilemma. This kind of daze leads to this kind of darkness, leads to this kind of deception that results in this kind of dilemma. Therefore, we're here with needs in our lives and that are this kind. This kind that will be met by God. This kind of decision. This kind of day calls for this kind of a decision. Through prayer and fasting, we bring our needs to the Lord. Then by faith, we nail them to the cross. And believe God to meet them according to His will and to his way. I'm glad this morning that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Anybody in this building can come. I'm glad that in the cross there's power to save, redeem, forgive. There's power to secure us from fear and frustrations. Amen. There's power to supply every need, <laughs> no matter what the need may be. Amen. And there's power to sustain us. But you know what we need to do this morning, church? When we're in this kind of a day, we need to find our way around this altar of prayer.
And I know a lot of you have already come this morning. We need to come around this altar of prayer and plead with God to help us in this kind of a day. Get up and by faith nail it to the cross. Make the right decisions in this kind of a day in which we're living. I want you to stand across this building as they come get us a song of invitation. We studied in Sunday school from First and Second Chronicles this morning, particularly in First Chronicles chapter number four, verse nine and ten, the Bible says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Let me reiterate something to you. Jabez was a godly man, but he had a need in his life. The Bible says in verse 10, Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest have blessed me indeed. You see, Jabez was sincere about serving God, and he needed more resources to serve God with. Whatever that may have been, we're not told. But he's asking God to bless him, and bless him as such. Oh, that thou wast blessed me indeed and enlarge my coast. He's saying, Lord, enlarge my territory. Enlarge those blessings to where I can work them for you. He's saying, Lord, I need your help. You could say, enlarge my testimony. Enlarge my ministry. Enlarge my work for God. And that thine hand might be with me. I don't know about you, but I... Pray and hope that everyone's prayer in here is that the Lord's hand will be with you. And then the last request that he makes in verse number 10 is that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. There's evil and deception lurking on every corner. But if you got the protection of the Lord in this kind of a day, He will help you and keep you from evil. You've got to, if you're saved today, you, you can have that hedge of protection around you that he dropped on Job out of a challenge. He dropped it because he knew Job was faithful and true and he wouldn't bow down and he wouldn't turn back. Let me ask you this question. If, Job, if, if God dropped the hedge of protection around you the way that he dropped it on Job, would you be able to stand? Would you be able to be found faithful? Would you be able to be found worthy and say that, hey, the Lord of heaven, he may have dropped the hedge, but I remained faithful and we defeated the enemy in the meanwhile. I challenged you a few weeks ago, let's not pass through a service without getting on this altar and praying for revival, asking the Lord to send it our way. Not pass through one of these services without praying around that old rugged cross, praying that souls would be saved. If you're here today and you're not right with God, Folks, we've got a challenge for you. Accept Christ as your Savior. We'll be glad to show you the way. For He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by Him. Dear God, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, I pray that you would bless these that are gathering around this altar. Lord, for whatever the reason may be, and Lord, I know we're praying for revival continually, but God, we're also praying for specific needs. 
specific needs that I know that are in our life that we dearly need. And God, I pray that no one would be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. But Lord, I know we've all got needs here today. Father, I pray that you'll help us and give us strength in this kind of a day. This kind of a day of darkness and deception. Oh God, I pray you'd help us. In Jesus' precious holy name we do ask and pray. Amen. You pray.